Well, again, welcome to Vision Sunday. A little different today. This is not really a sermon. Uh, this is more of like a TED Talk uh, for us as a church and a reminder of our mission and vision together and also asking God in this season, what is the vision that you have for us? So we humbly bring to you uh, the vision that we believe God has for us in this year ahead. And we ask you uh, to come with us and to pray along with us in this vision. Start with just a little video to remind you of our mission and vision as a church. So, part of what we try and do is capture what is our theme for the year. What themes do we want to live into? What themes uh, do we feel that God is leading us in to further the mission that we already feel called to and are living within and are continue to be challenged by, which is to be a community that's flourishing together in Jesus Christ. So, uh, to start that, uh, I want to introduce our theme for the year which is the gospel, the theme of the gospel. I want to read our scripture for today. You can stand if you're able to do so. Uh, it's a short scripture. This is from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 and 2. Now, I should remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you. The gospel that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which you also have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word that I preach to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. So... Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 about the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's our focus. Let me uh, begin to talk about the gospel by asking a question. Uh, suppose, if you will, that you are somewhere in an office building, you're waiting for an elevator, and someone that you know a little bit uh, comes, and they're going to take the elevator with you. And as the door is opening, they see that maybe you have uh, a cross on a piece of jewelry or maybe they see a bible in your backpack or or maybe they see a, a cool sticker that uh, your pastor gave you last week and and they recognize that you're associated with some sort of church and they go hey you go to church right you're you're a sunday morning kind of church person you're religious you're a christian what is that all about and you know you've got about 20 seconds from the time that that door is opening to when the door is going to open again and you've got to go and leave uh, to go to your floor can you right now say, I could tell that person the gospel of Jesus, gospel of Jesus Christ in 20 seconds? It's not a test. If you're like me, 
even for someone who does this for their work and has thought about this kind of stuff a lot, I still, my, my mind goes, oh, okay, how would I begin, right? But if you have 20 seconds, could you do it? Let me give you another scenario. You're, you're at lunch with a, a, an, a, an acquaintance, a friend, someone that you're uh, enjoying some time with. You know that they've got to leave at 1 o'clock, and it's 1240. You're sitting in a booth, and they say to you, hey, so... I've been thinking a lot about religion. You go to church, right? You're religious. Are you, you're a Christian, right? You go to, you go to church on Sunday mornings. What, what, is the, what is this whole Jesus thing all about? And you know you've got 20 minutes. Could you explain the gospel of Jesus Christ in 20 minutes? Does it make you nervous to go, I don't know if I could fill 20 minutes in talking about Jesus and explaining who Jesus is and what he means to me? Okay, final scenario. Imagine you're invited over to a, a friend's house for a bonfire. You're sitting around the campfire. You know you've got a couple of hours together. And they break right into religion right away. You know, one of the taboo things you're not supposed to talk about, right? And they go, hey, so you go to church. We got this whole night. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Could you fill two hours of time talking about Jesus? Explaining who he is? Helping them understand what he means to you? This is not meant to be a test to make you feel bad. I think it's a good opportunity for us to go, am I clear on what the gospel of Jesus Christ is? Am I clear enough in myself that I could explain it to somebody else? Do I know what this means to me? What does gospel mean? Maybe, maybe we need some definitions before we do this. Um, the gospel is actually, uh, the, the word for gospel in Greek is euangelion, euangelion, which means good news. That's what it means. So whenever you, you see the word gospel in, uh, in the New Testament, that what you can just translate it right away as good news. So when Paul says, when I preach to you the gospel, what's he saying? When I share good news with you, the good news about Jesus Christ with you. When you open your Bibles and you go to the gospel of John or the gospel of Matthew, it's the good news of Jesus according to John or Matthew. They're telling you the good news, right? It's where we also, if you are looking at that word kind of strangely, it's where we get the word evangelical or evangelism, which is, by the way, a huge part of who we are. The name of our church is the Evangelical Covenant Church of Hinsdale, Illinois. That's our legal name. What does it mean to be evangelical people? I know that word has been commandeered and has come to mean a lot of different things politically and otherwise, but what does it really mean? It means that we're good news people. We're people who hold the good news. We share the good news. We, we, we understand the good news and we live to give that good news to other people. That's what it means to be evangelical. That's what it means to be gospel people. And let me encourage you in this. I really want to impress upon you, and we want to impress upon you as pastors this entire year as we go through this theme of the gospel, we need more gospel people in the world. Not just people who go to church, not just people who intellectually can say, this is what I know about the, this, this person, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Not just people who are good people. We need gospel people. Now, all of these things are important. It is important to believe the right things, right? To know who Jesus is and really, and really have right belief. That's an important thing. It's important to be good, to have a, a moral compass, to have an interior life that is seeking goodness. Those are all important. 
Doing good is important. Acts of service, acts of love for neighbor, very, very important, very biblical. But none of those things on their own indicate a gospel person. They're all together. It has to be all together. We have to understand who Jesus is and, and, and believe in what scripture tells us about Jesus. We have to commit ourselves towards goodness in our interior lives, the formation of our hearts. And then we have to allow the reality of that gospel to allow us to do good in the world. And in many ways, this is exactly what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. Let me put it up for you again. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the good news I preach to you, which you have received, on which you have taken your stand, and by this gospel, you're saved. You see what Paul is doing here in just one sentence, one big long run-on sentence, by the way, is he is telling us that the gospel is not just one thing. It's not just right belief. It's not just being good. It's not just doing good. The gospel is something that we have to receive. Have you received the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you know the good news for yourself? And the gospel is something that's supposed to be stood upon. Your, your life is supposed to be built upon that gospel. The interior life of your heart is supposed to be for the gospel. And then it's also the way in which you are saved, in which all people are saved. This is our salvation. So this is our focus this year. It's our desire uh, for all ages, from the youngest to the oldest, that you have an opportunity this year to receive the gospel or clarify how it is that you've received the gospel, that you take your stand upon the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that you recognize that it is that gospel that saves you and saves your neighbor and the lost and the people you work with and the people in your family and the people on your street. That's our hope this year. So maybe you're wondering about my elevator pitch. Maybe you're wondering about my diner pitch or my campfire pitch of why I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to give you those today because we're going to spend an entire year together sort of forming that and talking about the gospel. I want to walk through what our teaching series will be this year. And I want you to know that this is not just a, you know, 20, 25 minutes on a Sunday morning thing. This is actually something that's going to be seeping into our children's ministry and our youth ministry and our adults as well. Starting next week, we have a four-week series on the foundations of the gospel. It's called the, the uh, Fourfold Gospel, uh, where we're going to talk about four different aspects of Jesus Christ, four different aspects of Jesus Christ that are essential if we're going to really understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. You won't want to miss any of these weeks. They're very foundational. They're very important. And I will also say that this is going to be a great opportunity if you have a neighbor, a friend, a family member who maybe is curious about faith, interested in faith, maybe has fallen off in their faith life or, or has some questions. This would be a wonderful series to say, hey, come to church with me because this is going to be very foundational stuff for all of us um, as we talk about what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus? And what does that mean to us? And then, after going through what is the gospel and what does it mean to us, we are going to be talking about what the gospel is not. Uh, we will spend seven weeks, starting in October through November, on heresies. Heresies are um, 
events in the church where the church had to clarify what do we believe about God? What do we believe about Jesus? What do we believe about scripture? What are our core beliefs? Because there are threats that are not the gospel of Jesus Christ that are coming into our fellowship and into our understanding. And here's what I think we'll find as we go through. This might be like, man, that sounds like a downer, right? To talk about heresies and to talk about heretics. But I think what you're actually going to find as we go through this is that the heresies that the church was dealing with sometimes 1,700 years ago or 1,500 years ago or 1,800 years ago are many of the same threats that we face today. Some of these distorted gospels come into our lives and we don't even recognize it. We don't even see it. So heresies old and ever new. And at the end of that series, there's going to be a couple heresies that are not historical heresies. They are heresies right here and right now that are threats to us. And as we look at those, it's going to help clarify for us what is the gospel of Jesus Christ and what is it not. So uh, for the fall, we'll be clarifying what is the gospel of Jesus. Then in Advent, we're going to uh, take a little look at angels. This is something that I've found that many people have questions about. What are angels? Uh, many people have strange theology about angels that's formed much more by Hollywood movies than it is by scripture. Uh, so we're going to be looking at the Advent text which, in which the angels uh, uh, are prominently displayed. And we're going to look at these messengers of the good news, messengers of the gospel. Who are they as a portal into uh, our Advent journey? Then coming out of Advent in January, uh, from January all the way through Lent, which will get us through the month of March, all the way to Easter Sunday, we're going to be looking at the parables of Jesus. It's been several years since we've really had a good, long look at the parables of Jesus Christ. And the reason that we're doing that with the theme of gospel is that parables, um, these stories, these moral stories that have truth to them, are actually, um, in many ways, teaching us what it means to have gospel values. What are the values of gospel-centered people? Parables are a fantastic way to look at it. And uh, as we're always excited to do, especially in a new year, and especially as we get into Lent, to do so at the feet of Jesus. So we'll be in these rich gospel texts going through the parables together. Um, if you have favorite parables or parables that you read and you go, I've never understood that, you can talk to Joy and I because we've not solidified yet uh, what parables we're going to preach on. And maybe uh, we'll be able to answer some of your questions or, or go further into that. And then uh, coming out of Easter, uh, the last series of the year will be called Projection, which is transmitting the gospel to a waiting world. How is it that we transmit the gospel, both in, uh, in word, in evangelism, the, the practice of evangelism? What does it mean to share the hope of Jesus Christ with our neighbors and friends and the people that God loves? But also, how do we live out gospel values in such a way um, that the people around us are compelled to be curious about the person of Jesus Christ because of the work of the Holy Spirit within us? So we are very um, excited in many ways, uh, to go through this. And what you'll see is exactly what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 15, is what we're doing this year, right? We are clarifying what it means to receive the gospel. What is the gospel? We are looking at how do we internalize the gospel into our lives? How do we build our lives upon the gospel by looking at the values of gospel people? And then, how do we reach out? How do we transmit that word, the, the hope of salvation, to a waiting world? So this is going to be our focus this year, and like I said, this is for all ages. Also, we do have a companion piece for you as we begin that journey. Some of you will have seen that when you came in. Uh, Scott McKnight's wonderful book, The King Jesus Gospel. Um, this, was a, this was an obvious uh, 
uh, answer for us in, in, in a great book for us to be going through. So if you want to pick one of those up, uh, suggested donation is $15. You can always put in a little bit more if you want to pay for somebody else. Um, and uh, I'm, I'll lead a book club meeting in mid-November on the 13th uh, for those of you who have gone through that and want to come together and have some coffee and talk about it. So uh, King Jesus Gospel for your own sort of study along the way. Our hope and our vision in this, uh, in this, this theme that we have this year of the gospel is that you would, by the end of uh, this school year and as we go throughout the school year, that you would be able to articulate what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. That you'd be ready for the elevator pitch. That you'd be ready for the last 20 minutes of a lunch pitch. That you would be ready for the two hours around a bonfire pitch. Okay? So that's part of what we're hoping. And then we hope that you would internalize the gospel. That as you understand the gospel, you would go, I, I really want this to be something I'm building my life upon. I want the values of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ to be governing and leading me in my life. And we hope that you would be able to confidently transmit that gospel. Share it with people. Live it out in front of people. See the, the workplace and the family and, and, and the marketplace, the places where you are as places in which the gospel hope can be shared and transmitted and, and given to others. That is our hope this year. So that's our theme. What about today? What about today? Am I going to give you my 20-second pitch on the gospel of Jesus Christ? Am I going to give you the 20-minute one? No, I don't have time for that. Definitely don't have time for the two-hour one. Um, but here's what I want to say. The Apostle Paul actually does this. And I will invite you to read the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 15 uh, some, sometime this week to see the ways in which he does this. Because here's what Paul does in 1 Corinthians 15. He actually gives the elevator pitch. And then he goes into what I'm sure could have been his 20-minute pitch. And if he had more uh, manuscript to write upon, it could have been a two-hour one as well. Look what he says. Right after the, the text that we just read, he says, For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received. Here's his 20-second pitch. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with scripture. And that he appeared to Peter and to the twelve and to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, some of whom have died. He appeared to James and then to the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to someone as untimely born, me. Me. That's his pitch. What's his pitch? 20 seconds. Christ died. Christ rose. He died for our sins. He rose to life. And he appeared to me. That's his 20-second pitch. And then if you keep reading, you'll notice that he goes into some really dense theology on the resurrection of the dead. I think that's his 20-minute pitch. He goes, so if, 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 with that basic sort of 20-second pitch of what the gospel is, I want to dive into what it means to be resurrection people. What does that mean for our bodies? What does that mean for the way we live our lives? What does that mean for the way in which we relate to the world? And then he starts to get into what I think is his two-hour pitch after that, which is what does, what does the reality of the resurrection mean for all of human history and all of eternity? And maybe... That's what a two-hour pitch would look like as well. Paul does this uh, in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15 and gives us a model for it. And one of the things that strikes me as I, as, I, as I read Paul doing this 
is what we're talking about in the gospel, and we, we had worked on this theme before I was even thinking about Vision Sunday, what we're talking about in the gospel is actually just another way for us to live out the mission and the vision statement that God has already given to us. Some of you, if you've been here a while, you've heard these words over and over again, but if you think of the image of a tree, right? We desire to be a community that is flourishing together in Jesus Christ. That's the shorthand of our mission, flourishing together. And flourishing is, is language from a garden. It's language from an arborist, right? What does it mean to be flourishing? We know when a tree is flourishing in our yard, we know when a tree is not flourishing in our yard, right? Based off what it's producing. But if we think of, of a tree, our desire is that each and every person here would be growing. That's sort of like the trunk of the tree, right? That is, that is sort of the basics of, of worship Jesus, come to know Jesus, receive Jesus, receive the good news of the gospel. That's our desire first and foremost. That's what you see when you're looking at a tree, right? What you don't often see is the next step, which is the roots that are underneath. So it's also our desire that, that everybody here would be deepening roots. How do we do that? We do that through, through, through deepening uh, our study of scripture and our fellowship with one another. So all of our opportunities to be in Bible studies together and in fellowship together and in friendship together, those are how we really deepen roots. That's the sustaining power of, of our faith. Otherwise, it's just a trunk that gets hollowed out, right? And then when we look up, we see the fruit of that tree. We see leaves. We see flowers. We see actual fruit. We see the ways in which it's, 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 it's flourishing. The sign of its flourishing is the way in which it's extending out. And it's our hope that everybody here is actually bearing the fruit of gospel faith in their lives, with the people around them, and they're helping other people to flourish as well. So if we are really focusing on being gospel people, what we're really doing is we're, we're, we're helping each and every person here to be someone who's flourishing together with us in Jesus Christ. And that's our deep hope for you. So what does that mean for us today? What's the challenge for us today? Well, first of all, I want to just encourage you to pray along with us uh, with this theme of the gospel and, and how um, that could be such a transformative thing for our community and our church. But also, I think Vision Sunday has always been an opportunity for us to create a baseline. To create a baseline. How are you doing? <laughs> How are you flourishing right now? How are you growing? How are you deepening roots? How are you bearing fruit of faith? If people looked at your life, would they say, this is someone who's really flourishing in their faith? I think it's okay for us to go, where, where am I right now? So let me just ask a few questions to, to help us create a baseline. First of all, how are, how are you worshiping? How are you worshiping? First of all, you all showed up today. Fantastic. You, 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 that's a great start for, for everybody. Um, but we just want to let you know that what happens here, particularly on Sunday mornings, and obviously we have other opportunities for worship throughout our year as well, midweek gatherings and special services and so on, but particularly our Sunday morning services are really, really important. Uh, we don't view these as just sort of like optional gatherings. Obviously, we don't take attendance. Um, but, but we want you to know that every time you come here on a Sunday morning, this is really, really crucial stuff. Every opportunity that you have to be here, please be here. That's a simple message. Every opportunity that you have to come to worship, don't miss out on that. Don't miss out on the opportunity to, to sit shoulder to shoulder with these people, to sing together, to pray together, to hear from God's word, 
to be challenged. Um, I, I encourage you every opportunity that you can to be here on a Sunday morning, be here. And when we have special services, be there for those two. They're all there for a reason, not just because we want to add extra services. It's because we believe that's going to help us really in our flourishing together. If you're not able to be here on a Sunday, uh, I would encourage you, if you're traveling, to find a local church that is gospel-centered wherever you are and go to church there and be blessed by a change of scenery. Maybe uh, there are tools or, 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 or ways in which they do ministry that excite you. You can come back and, and talk to me about that and say, hey, I was at a church, this really cool thing happened. And maybe that, in, that, that improves how we do things here. Um, if you're not able, uh, if you're, you're, you're uh, doing something and you're not able to go to church on Sunday morning, we do want to let you know that there are ways that you can still continue to stay connected. Um, we, are, we will continue to, to offer uh, the live stream services. Many of you know we're going to cut that to just one service. So the 9 a.m. service will be live streamed. If you normally, nine, if you, if you, when you live stream, if you normally do 1030, uh, at 1030 you can still live stream, but it'll be the 9 a.m. service. Um, uh, so you can, you can do that, and we encourage you to use that tool in that way, not as a replacement of being here in worship, but as an opportunity uh, to stay connected. And then um, we have our podcast feed as well. If you want to stay up to date on Ministry of the Word, like I said, starting next week with Fourfold Gospel, you don't want to miss any of those four. They're all important, right? But maybe you can't be here on that Sunday. You can, uh, usually on Monday morning, that's posted and ready to go. Um, if you need help connecting with that, just reach out to the office. They would be happy to help you with that. Um, and maybe even you were distracted for whatever reason on Sunday morning, right? You had stuff on your mind or, or, or something was going on and you weren't fully engaged in, in worship that particular Sunday. That's a great opportunity to go back and say, hey, at least I, I can go back and listen to that word. I, I have a couple people here at church who say, I go on the treadmill on Tuesday and I re-listen because I know that I didn't listen as well the first time as I wanted to. So those are there for you. We want to make sure that you are committed to worshiping together worshiping together as a baseline. Second question, how are you deepening roots? What ways are you diving into scripture, both individually, devotionally, but also with other people? How is it that you are uh, in fellowship with other people that are strengthening your faith? Just want to point out a few of those, which we've already been announcing. Um, there are at-church groups. Uh, Pastor Joy is leading a group on Ecclesiastes, for women on Wednesdays, both at 9 a.m. and 7 p.m., come to one of those, not both, probably. Um, and then on Confirmation Sundays, and you can get the schedule from Joy if you're interested, 5 o'clock. Um, uh, that's for, uh, for anyone with a particular focus on uh, career age, uh, people and some of our younger adults uh, who are here as well. But any, are, avail any, any are, are welcome to come to that as well. There are at-church groups that are happening for men and women uh, throughout the week, uh, for moms and dads. Uh, we will be providing a full list of those, so stay tuned um, on that. And you can see, actually, in your bulletin, we have a calendar of events as well so that you can uh, see what's happening and get involved in those. If you don't know where to start on an at-church group, just reach out to the office, reach out to me, and we'll be happy uh, to get you connected. Also, uh, some of you are already involved in rooted groups. Those are in-home studies. It's wonderful to come to church for a study. There's something really beautiful that happens when we're in each other's homes. And um, rooted groups are beginning. We have several that are continuing from years past. Uh, we're trying to start some new ones as well. If you are interested in signing up for that, hinsdalecovenant.com slash rooted or reach out to the office. We can connect you. Um, we're also looking for uh, a couple more people to serve as host families for that. All you have to do is open up your home uh, for a, a small group of people to come and meet 
Uh, we do not make you come up with your own content. In fact, uh, one of the things that we're providing for both individual and group study this year, starting next Sunday, is a little half sheet like this. It'll be available in the garden court. It'll also be available online, where you can come and take this, and this is going to be tied to whatever we're preaching on on Sunday. It's going to be a way for you in individual and group study to get into Scripture with some additional questions and some prayer prompts together. So if you are part of a Ruta group, this is all you need uh, to get started uh, and to have uh, some great fellowship and time together. And then, of course, like I said, children's ministry and youth ministry. Uh, if you are of that age, I see some youth up there, some children here. Um, those are your opportunities for deeply rooted fellowship together and being in God's word. And as I hope you know, our commitment in children's ministry and youth ministry is we are always in God's word. There are not gatherings that we have uh, where we are not focused on scripture and, and God's word and relating it to these children. So um, then the last question, how are you worshiping? How are you deepening roots? And then how are you serving? One of the questions that we've had is, hey, in this season, how can I, how can I help? What can I do? Um, I just selected, uh, we selected a few opportunities for serving. You may have seen those on clipboards out in the garden court. Um, if we put all of the needs that we have in terms of volunteering, it can become overwhelming uh, for people to be like, wow, that's just way too many. So we just select a few. Maybe some of these don't speak to you. Maybe you go, that is not within my skill set. That's not something I want to do. Um, that's fine. Don't let that be an excuse to not find a way to serve in the church. Don't let your age or your abilities do that. We will find a place for you to serve and hopefully serve joyfully in this church. But just a couple that I would point out to you that we're really particularly focusing on that I think pretty much anybody could do. The first is um, welcome team. We need uh, people who are willing to be by the front door. Uh, the job requirements are you need to be able to shake a hand and smile. That's, that's basically it. Um, and, and help people, uh, greet people as they come in, and particularly for new visitors who are with us to make sure that they get down to children's ministry. I'm looking for um, five individuals or couples or families who are willing to do that once a month. Uh, and that sign-up's out in the garden court. We also uh, are looking for help with our audio-visual team. Uh, some of you know Jack is, is back there every Sunday faithfully, which is fantastic. You could use a helper, couldn't you, every once in a while? Yeah, that'd be nice. Okay, yeah. Um, but uh, that's part of what we do to make sure that our worship is, is, uh, is really excellently done and accessible to everybody. Um, so if you are interested, if that's a way that you would like to serve, particularly um, we need help in our 1030 service, but also here in our 9 a.m. service as well. If that's within your giftings, you will be trained on that. You don't need to have those existing skills. We can train you on both slides and the soundboard. And again, I'm looking for about five people uh, who are willing to commit to once a month for that. We are always looking for volunteers in children's ministry. It's an incredible way to serve. Uh, we have some great testimonies of people here who who were asked to serve and go, I don't know if children's ministry is my thing, and they come and they go, I'm learning more about Jesus than I thought I ever would from these kids. Uh, so if you're interested in ways you can serve, whether that's regular commitments or sort of fill-in commitments um, uh, for people who are sick, um, there's a sign-up sheet out there. You can always talk to Pastor Tammy about that. Also, confirmation mentors. This is something that's sort of fallen by the wayside uh, since COVID in a lot of ways. I'm really making a commitment um, to make sure that our eighth graders each have uh, a mentor that journeys along with them. We have 14 eighth graders this year in our confirmation program. If that's something you've done in the past and you'd love to re-up, let me know. Um, if that is something where you go, hey, I could do that. I could check in with a student once a month. 
uh, encourage them, uh, journey with them in their faith, there's a sign-up sheet out there for, the, for that as well. And then a couple of our ministry partners that you might want to uh, get involved with as serving outside of our church. Young Lives uh, is a ministry of Young Life that Jane Vallon um, keeps in front of us. It is a ministry for teenage moms and their children uh, to make sure that they are being served and cared for and their kids are being served as well. There's opportunities for um, serving and caring for them on Saturdays throughout the school year. There's also a camp that they run in the summer. If you want more information, there's a sign about there. And then also New Community Outreach uh, is uh, one of our ministry partners in the Bronzeville neighborhood, south side of Chicago. And they have various opportunities to serve throughout the year. What they do um, through uh, New Community Covenant Church is they combat gun violence um, uh, for their young people uh, in the Bronzeville area some really wonderful ways to get involved. So if you are interested in getting involved in those ways, um, there's an opportunity to sign up for that. Lastly, um, to sort of create a baseline, and this QR code is also in your bulletin, if that's easier. If you're not a QR code person, reach out to the office. We'll get you a link for this. Um, but we've created an assessment, a simple assessment that will be really helpful for us. It's basically, it'll take you maybe five minutes uh, at most, but. It's an opportunity for you to go, how am I worshiping? How am I deepening roots? And how am I serving? Um, a little assessment for you. And maybe as you go through this, you go, oh, I see a gap here. I'm doing great in terms of my commitment to worship, but I really am not, I'm not really committed to deeply rooted stuff. I'm serving, but I'm not doing that. Or, or, or maybe something else. But this is an opportunity for you to kind of take that assessment to see some of the opportunities that are there. It'll be helpful for us to get some of this data uh, to be able to see, like, what kind of offerings uh, are people responding to and which ones are they not. Um, but I think it'll also be helpful for you to, to sort of create that baseline to go, where am I? Where am I in terms of uh, my commitment to flourishing together in Jesus Christ, which is a commitment um, to, to uh, receiving, standing upon uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So uh, feel free to fill that out today. Uh, we'll, we'll have that link uh, live for, uh, for a little bit so that you can um, go through that and sort of create a baseline of where we are. But lastly, um, and, and this is where I'm going to transition uh, uh, from sort of the, the TED Talk piece to really the most important thing, is we have an opportunity on Vision Sunday to pray. To pray and say, God, here's where I am. Here's where I am in my life. Here's the season of life I'm in. I don't have enough time. I wish we did. I wish we had enough time and, and the sort of um, uh, uh, community gathering right here where we could say, hey, let's go one by one and just say, hey, where are you? What are your concerns? What are you dealing with? What kind of stresses are you facing in your life? What kind of changes have you had maybe from Vision Sunday last year to this year that affects the, the ways that you're thinking about life and the world and the people around you? What sort of limitations do you have? In which ways have you gotten out of helpful rhythms. So um, we want to take time to pray and say, God, this is a time for us to commit ourselves in a new and fresh way to you. So I invite you to just join your head, uh, jo join me by bowing your head and, and praying with me. Lord, um, we thank you for this opportunity to, to kick off a new year by just saying, God, we believe in the vision that you've given to us. We believe in the vision that you've given to our church. Would you help us, Lord, to learn what it means to be gospel people? Would you give us the courage to live out the gospel truth in the way that we relate to the world? And Lord, for each of us, 
we recognize that that takes individual commitment for us. To recognize where we are, to, to understand the baseline of, of where we are and where it is that you're leading us to go. So would you give each and every person here, Lord, a fresh vision of ways in which they can grow and deepen roots, bear the fruit of faith. And may our commitment to the gospel this year be helpful in that regard. And Lord, we do pray for our church. We pray that our church might continue to stand for your gospel truth. And it might be a place where people walk in the doors and they go, this is a place that's flourishing. So would you strengthen your church? Would you strengthen youngest to oldest, uh, each and every person who calls this church home, everyone who walks through the door, so that we might become more and more your gospel people. Speak to us, Lord, we pray in your name. Amen. So I will remind you that there are opportunities to sign up today. This is not a one-time only thing for signing up, but we'd love to get some names on those sheets as ways to serve so that we can continue to flourish together in Jesus Christ. But let's stand together as we sing our closing hymn today. Hymn number 681, which is, I love to tell the story. I love to tell the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's sing together. Thank you.